Welcome back. We are here in the 13 realms. If you're a part of any NFT project, it is no secret that the Discord is one of the most important parts. Today, we brought in Evan Mayfield. He's the art director and one of the co-founders of the KOD project. And he's going to talk to you about how interesting it has been to see this project grow, the community. We'll even talk about some of the characters inside the Discord. But first, we have to continue the great lore written by Yeti Goose, Insomniacs. We're diving back into this incredible story. Dwarves from all over the Thirteen Realms had gathered to hear the Supreme Lord Keeper, Broughton Gruntlog, perform the telling. This annual ritual was sacred to the dwarves, as it ensured their history was passed down, and that the deeds and sacrifices of their ancestors were not forgotten. The telling took place in the Hall of Legends, an ancient structure built into the side of a mountain, which looked out over the towns and villages in the northern part of Realm 2. Sitting in the front of that hall with his little granddaughter was Grarrett Deepmaker. The old dwarf listened to the telling with as much respect, focus and concentration as he had the many, many other times he'd heard it. He listened to Broughton talk about the coming of the Ancient Ones and how these celestial beings had brought life to the world of Eridas. He listened as Broughton described a dreadful way that dwarven society had split into those that lived above ground and those that lived out their lives in the mines. Grarrett clenched his fists, as he always did when Broughton talked about the fateful day when the dwarves of the Underrealms unleashed magics that were beyond their control and caused a cataclysmic earthquake which entombed the deep miners and shattered the realms above. And on and on Grarrett listened to how the kingdoms fell into ruin for years, to how the great King Owen led them out of the darkness, and how... Years later, an evil fog came crawling through the mountains and would have been the end of Dwarvenkind were it not for the mysterious sacrifice made by the High King. We must never forget their story. Broughton was bringing the telling to a close. We must never forget our story. The final words of the telling echoed around the Hall of Legends fading away until Grarot could hear nothing but the crackling of the torches on the walls and the occasional creaking of timber benches as a number of dwarves shifted their considerable weight. Grarot wanted to shift his weight. His old buttocks were profoundly numb, but he also didn't want to disturb Creighton. His granddaughter had cuddled up against him when Broughton had begun speaking about the War of Fog and the terrible battle which had cost Gretchen both her parents. She was holding his arm tightly now, her head resting against his shoulder. She seemed to have stopped crying. The tailing is concluded, Broughton announced in his booming voice. Feel free to linger in the Hall of Legends as long as you wish, for I'm sure you have stories of your own to tell. Go forth in strength and fortitude, my fellow dwarves. Go forth in strength and fortitude, responded the assembled dwarves. 
The audience rose from the benches, and the hall began to fill with conversation. Gretton sat up straight and stretched her little arms. Well, what did you think? Gratt asked. Gretton considered for a moment. So many bad things have happened to the dwarves, she said. If the Ancient Ones love us so much, why do they let so much bad stuff happen? Grarot shrugged. I don't know, my love. I guess they can't really help. You know, they're stuck inside gyms, aren't they? Gretton gnawed her lip, clearly unsatisfied with this answer. Well, Grarot said, standing up and trying to rub some feeling back into his buttocks. Shall we go? It's past your bedtime. Oh, can we stay just a little while? Gretton asked, looking around the hall. Hannibal and Clara are here, and Hannibal's mother was bringing seed cake. Grauret followed Gretton's gaze. The crowd of dwarves filling the Hall of Legends was now preparing for the merriment which always followed the telling. Friends and families were gathering, hugging, clapping each other on the back and talking in loud, enthusiastic voices. Large hampers of food were being unpacked, and, even though it was not officially allowed, Many wineskins, bottles of mead, and flasks of smolder whiskey were being opened and passed around. Grauret looked down at Creighton, with every intention of telling her that they couldn't stay, but the pleading expression on her face and the hopeful excitement in her big beautiful eyes melted away his stern resolve in an instant. All right, fine, he grumbled, but just a little while. Creighton rushed forward, hugged him around one leg, and then skipped away to find her friends. That's one battle you'll never win, said a deep voice from behind Grauret. He turned to see Broughton Gruntlog, supreme law keeper of the Thirteen Realms, walking towards him with a broad grin on his white-painted face. Aye, old friend, said Grauret. I'm afraid you might be right. The two dwarves clasped forearms. A beautiful telling, Grauret said. No matter how many times I hear you speak it, I still get chills and shivers. I just say the words, said Broughton. All the power is in the story itself. The two old friends sat down and were soon deep in conversation. They'd been talking for nearly an hour when Grauret noticed a shift in the tone and volume of the gathered voices. The shouts coming from the back of the hall were no longer shouts of good cheer, but of panic and fear. Grauret's warrior instincts flared, and his senses sharpened. As he stood up, his eyes immediately scanning the crowd for Gretton, he heard another sound. One that dropped a heavy frozen weight into the pit of his stomach, and sent blood flooding into his old sinewy arms. A horn. Distant, but definite, cutting through the uproar that had arisen in the hall. That's the watchtower, Broughton said, moving to stand beside Grauret. We're under attack. Gretton! Grauret bellowed as he started pushing his way towards the rear of the hall. Gretton! She came running towards him, darting in between confused and agitated dwarves. Grandfather, I have- Stay close to me, he barked, as the crowd surged away from the entrance to the hall and back towards them. Stand aside, Broughton roared and the crowd parted like wheat in the wind. The indomitable Lord Keeper marched towards the doors. Grauret was at his side, and Gretton held firmly to the hem of her grandfather's striped ebony cloak. They emerged into the cool night air, 
and joined a cluster of other dwarves who were looking down into the valley. Smoke and flame were beginning to rise in numerous places from the city below. The watchtower horns were blowing repeatedly, and a mass of dark shapes, some of them holding burning torches, were climbing the stone staircase which led to the Hall of Legends. Ancient ones protect us, shrieked the young noble dwarf to Grarot's left. What do we do? Grarot looked back into the hall. A few merchants and wealthy dwarves with oiled beards like the one to his left were panicking, and some of the children were sobbing. But for the most part, the gathered crowd looked shocked, confused, and resolute. We take them on the staircase, Broughton said, pressing his fingers against the obsidian gemstone on his cloak. Use the higher ground to our advantage. Give us a moment, Grarot said. Broughton looked down at Grayton then at the army of shadows that were advancing up the mountainside. Make it quick. Crowdit nodded, then took Gretton by the hand and walked her back into the hall. He knelt down until he was face to face with her. Okay, child. I've just got to... The words caught in his throat as Gretton's face crumpled into absolute anguish. No, grandfather, she wailed, flinging herself into his arms. No, you stay with me. Grauret allowed himself the briefest of moments to immerse himself in that moment, in the loving embrace of his sweet little granddaughter, with her mousy braids coming loose on his face and the smell of seed cake on her hands and breath. Then he pulled himself away and stood. Excuse me, lass. He waved at a dwarven woman who was on her haunches nearby, talking with her three children. Can you take care of this little one too? Take them all to the back of the hall, and hide as best you can. The woman stood up, and jutted out her chin defiantly. Hide my arse, I'll be fighting alongside you. She pulled a lethal looking dagger out of a sheath at her belt. We get a few of those weaklings to mind your children. Grauret followed her gaze to a group of nobles that was edging, as subtly as they could, away from the entrance to the hall. He nodded. Oi, you lot, he shouted, stepping towards the nobles. You take care of my girl or I'll rip your greasy beards off and choke you to death with them. You got that? The nobles nodded vigorously. Go with them, Grayton, Grarot urged. She shook her head at him. Child, please, you must go with them. But I promise I'll be back, okay? I swear it. Grayton didn't move. So Grarot looked past her to the nobles. Take her. Hide her in the back. Stay quiet. As two of the nobles grabbed hold of Creighton, Grauret turned away. He couldn't bear another second of the pain, fear, and betrayal that burned in his granddaughter's eyes. Now he needed a weapon. He carefully examined the makeshift army that was gathering at the top of the staircase and spotted a large group of young dwarven mercenaries. Before the telling had begun, Grauret had noticed this particular group, for they were armed to the teeth and had been excessively loud boastful and full of bravado. Now they looked like they were about to piss their pants. Crowded strode towards them, observing the clumsy way they gripped their weapons and the fact that none of their meagre beards were longer than two inches. These were very young dwarves. Hail warriors, Crowded said with a neighbourly wave. Lovely night for a dust-up, I must say. But I'm afraid I've come without a weapon. I don't carry one on me these days, you know. Too much weight for the old bones. The mercenaries shifted their feet and looked uneasily at one another. Anyway, 
I'm going to be wanting that axe there, please. Grauret pointed the large and particularly fine-looking battle axe being hailed by the dwarf who seemed to be the leader of the company. Well, you, you can't have it, stammered the dwarf. What would I use? I don't much care, said Grauret, but amongst your friends I see a definite surplus of weaponry. You take something from them, and I'll take that. Grauret stepped forward and held out his hands. No, the mercenary drew himself up to his full height. This was my father's. You take something from them. This is too heavy for you anyway. You said it yourself. Sonny, Grauret moved even deeper into the young dwarf's personal space, fixing him dead in the eyes with an unblinking glare. Give me the bloody axe. The mercenary handed it over. Good lad, said Grauret holding the weapon easily in one hand and clapping the young dwarf on the shoulder with the other, I shall honour your father's weapon with the blood of many enemies. And when this is over, we'll grab a tankard together. He turned and made his way down the stairs. Nice axe, said Broughton, when Grauret finally pushed his way through the last few nervous dwarves and came to stand beside his friend and the few other members of the King's Guard who'd been at the telling. Aye, Grauret bounced the heavy weapon up and down in his hands a few times, adjusting his grip, settling on the perfect balance. It's no dire-forged sword, but I dare say it'll separate heads from necks just as well. Lucky thing, said Broughton, his dark eyes fixed on the staircase below them, for it looks like there's no shortage of necks that need cleaving tonight. Broughton wasn't wrong. The invaders were numerous, and they were close. Grauret could hear their maddened war cries and see their spears and maces glinting in the strange light given off by dozens of glowing staffs. They look like... Grauret paused, not wanting to say it, not wanting it to be real. Dwarves, Broughton said grimly. They look like dwarves. Grauret pulled a flask of smolder whiskey from his pocket. He ripped the cork out with his teeth and spat it down the steps. He put the bottle to his lips and took two large gulps. He handed it to Broughton, who downed the rest of the fiery liquid. Well, said Grauret, wiping whiskey from his beard with the back of his hand, it looks like you'll be needing to add a few more chapters to that telling of yours, old friend. Aye, said Broughton, handing back the bottle. Let's make sure they're chapters that young Gretton likes hearing, shall we? The two old warriors nodded at each other. Then Broughton turned to face the crowd of defending dwarves. Strength and fortitude, Broughton shouted at the top of his voice, and the crowd yelled it back at him. Strength and fortitude, Broughton roared again, and this time he pulled his dire forage sword free from its sheath and held it high in the air. The crowd screamed back at him. Strength and fortitude! Fight with me, dwarves! Broughton thundered. Fight to defend your homes. Fight to defend your families. He spun and pointed the tip of his sword at the malevolent attackers. Fight to defend the kingdom of dwarves. Broughton launched himself down the staircase. The other members of the king's guard leapt after him. And, with only the slightest wobble in his old knees and the faintest cracking in his old back, Growler Deepmaker hoisted his battle axe and set off after them.
Wow, wow, wow. What an incredible story. I felt the tension building. You can tell something is about to happen. Evan, what did you think about the story? Chris, honestly, it's unbelievable. It's more than I could have ever imagined when, you know, when we started this project. The people working behind the scenes are so amazing at storytelling. And obviously, you know, the conversations that we've had before are very much about a unique and interesting new way to tell stories through this NFT experience, right? And hearing this latest bit, you know, this part of the story that I hadn't heard before, it absolutely brings this entire world even more to life. And, you know, honestly, I'm still... I'm I'm hanging on the edge of my seat. I can't wait to hear what happens next. (laughs) Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, when you started this project, obviously, in the back of your mind, you were thinking story has to play a huge part in this world, in the community. But did you realize that it was going to go as far and as fast as it did to build up to this level of polish? You know, I had hoped that that would be the case. You know, I'm, I'm one of those people who dreams big. So for me, from the very beginning, you know, and you were there when we were talking, you you know, when I would get on AMAs and do Twitter spaces, I was saying all of this stuff and, and I and I was absolutely convinced that it was going to happen. Right. I'm a, I'm a glass glass is half full person. I'm, I'm um, a very positive person and I fully believe in what this team could accomplish. That said, I had no idea that that <laughs> those aspects would be coming in from the community, from from people who have been attracted to our project, wanted to be a part of it, jumped in and started working alongside us to uh, bring this project to the current place that I would have never dreamed that 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 would have been how we got here. And so many developments, even within the community of Kingdom of Dwarves, you know, there's built in aspects of it that are really interesting, right? We have things like kings. We have 13 kings. Many of them are very active within the Discord, and we make a really big deal about it. For instance, I just became a king recently, and I was able to knight someone, and we made a really big spectacle about it. We had it the entire lore week, so we were able to give the community the lore to read to see how serious we are about the storytelling aspect of the project. And part of that, we gave them a quiz, right? Just a fun little challenge to see who was paying attention, how deep did they really read into the lore. And then I gave away my sword. I knighted someone the other night, which I don't think there are a lot of projects that have that depth of ceremony. But this is such a huge part of who we are because it's it's part NFT project. It's part fantasy fans. It's part role playing. There's so many aspects to this project that I really think that that's why we have the community that we do now. One of the interesting things about the Kings is we actually have a King that's a professional fighter, King Bao. He is about to fight tomorrow and he's fighting for a UFC contract. How crazy is that? He's going to be wearing a KOD shirt going into the octagon. What does that mean for you? That's wild, isn't it? I mean, (laughs) <laughs> it, it, it means everything to me. You know, every time we have a new holder come into the community, it's a big deal. Like you said, whether they're um, whether they're known or unknown, it's a, it's it's crazy when you get someone coming in with um, this level of skill in his particular field. Right. And we're mm-hmm. going to rally around him to watch him fight live. You know, we've already gotten yeah. our uh, pay-per-view. You know, we've already paid for our subscription. To be able to yep, watch yep. him come out um, and having 
his king on his shirt is just a honestly a small piece of it for me. I mean, obviously, that's incredible for us. That's incredible for the project, for everybody who's invested in it. But for me, knowing that he's um, invested in us, I'm excited to be able to, you know, just give back in a small way by by watching the fight and and pushing it as a community for others in our community to watch him and encourage him and to support him. Um, I'm so excited for his fight. I know he's going to win. Yeah, <laughs> he's going to win. I mean, if you watch his highlight reel knockouts, he's going to win. He's going to put mm-hmm. it to it. And I can't wait to watch that. But just the fact that he's wearing the shirt, that it means so much to him that he's going to put that on his fight shirt, I think is something that's really, really special. And it's not so much like, oh, yeah, we're going to get publicity, which that's great. That's definitely a bonus. But just the fact that he it meant so much to him that he spent his hard earned money that he's probably had to put fist to face in order to get that money. And he used that money to buy a king. And then he's so proud of it that he's going to put it on his shirt. I think it's something that's really special. And it speaks to just the plethora of personalities that are in our Discord. Who are some of the folks that you are, get excited about when you see them in the Discord? I know everybody is special, but I'm sure there are those special folks that, that come out there. So, for instance, we have to bring up the Dark Lord, uh, also known as <laughs> a.k.a. Bernard. He is the person that I I gave my sword to. I knighted him. He is incredible. I asked him, I said, are you, number one, are you either a writer or a comedian? Because everything he writes is so well thought out and so well timed. I'm like, does this guy have just have writers sitting around him like while he's on the Discord? Because everything he says is funny. He's always engaging. He's hopping in different rooms and getting people spun up. What he does for the Discord is really, really masterful. What does that bring up for you? That there's so many cool personalities in our Discord. Yeah, I mean, isn't it interesting that you know, some of the key players in this story find their way into the hands of people like Sicilian Corsair, like the Dark Lord. You know what I mean? Like, what are the odds of that happening, right? It seems like they're destined to fall into the hands of these masterful storytellers, yourself included. Right. And (laughs) it's, I mean, it's incredible. Like you said, um, you know, I'm over here as one of the GMs of the project. I'm trying to pour all of my creative energy to it. And then you have someone like this who shows up. I mean, he's been part of the community for a long time now, but he shows up. Mm-hmm. And like you said, he's spinning his own masterful stories and and pouring into the community. Even when, you know, the audience isn't necessarily paying attention. He's been doing this in his realm uh, for weeks, maybe even months before anyone even knew, you know, that he held the Dark Lord. He minted the Dark Lord. Um, right. And, you know, an interesting note about that, something may, people may not know if you're in our Discord, really, really interesting. He actually had a whole plan about how he was going to show the community and reveal to the community that he had minted the Dark Lord. He didn't get a chance to do that. Things went a little mm. differently, but he had even planned about how, again, masterfully, he was going to unveil that he had the Dark Lord in his possession. So just an unbelievable yeah. talent. And here's the other crazy thing. If you've ever had a chance to talk with him in the Great Hall, he is exactly <laughs> like he type. Like everything that he says, like, you know, when you're talking to him in the Great Hall is exactly how yeah. he writes. So, you know, you said it's very well thought out. Everything he says, he doesn't, it seems like it just, it's natural. He's just a natural, natural. storyteller, you know? Yep. 
Speaking about natural storytellers, we got to bring up Psalm and Yeti Goose. I mean, these guys are putting in work on the official lore. The level of writing and the thought and the, the planning. I know they just met earlier today doing strategy about the story at the macro and the micro level. And then we have these events and these events that people are interacting with on a daily, weekly basis are going to be a part of the lore. So people are helping to write the story of KOD, which I think is a very unique way to write for for one. It's almost like crowdsourcing the story in some ways, but also to have the backbone of somebody like Yeti Goose, who is an actual writer you really can't lose because now it's like a brain trust of creativity from the visual standpoint, from the auditory standpoint to prose. I mean, how the heck do you even pull all these creatives into a community like this almost seemingly by accident? Because it wasn't like you went out looking for creatives, creative people to join the discord. They just gravitated to the, towards the project. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've talked about this quite a bit since the beginning because it was, it was, you know, inspired, awe-inspiring to me to realize that those are the sorts of people we were attracting. And the only thing I can gather by chatting with these individuals is that they connected with the quality of what we were doing. You know, it, it takes someone with a very specific eye. It takes someone who, who notices attention to detail to look at our product and, 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 you know, <clears throat> look at it next to other projects that are, that are out there and, and be able to tell instantly that that's something that they gravitate towards because of the A quality, B attention to detail and see whatever other aspects of the image that they're seeing that they identify with, right? So um, what we're then attracting are people who are like-minded and who also are the same way. So when we get these, these um, artists, writers, whatever they end up being into the, you know, they start to become part of the community and they start enriching the community with the skill sets that they have. It's a perfect fit, you know? Um, right. The, the most recent example of this is um, one of our members who is now, he's actually our first intern at the kingdom of dwarves. Um, but he's become so much more than that. He's building out our world in the metaverse NFT worlds. Yeah. Um, and you know, he was, we brought him on to be an intern. That's what he was supposed to be. And he, and in one regard, he still is going to be because, you know, we're going to, I'm going to be teaching him about animation. We're going to buff his skills in the world of Maya, which is the program that we use in the industry in the movie and film industry. Uh, to animate characters. So I'll be training him up in that way. But something I didn't realize about him is that he is masterful already in his ability to create um, worlds and build out yes. worlds in, you know, and, and it just, the, the, the skill set just lines up and he's super attention to detail, which just falls right in line with what we're doing. We got to talk about the metaverse. <clears throat> we got to talk about what is being built right now, because Sure, people are hearing, oh, like, wow, they're, they're building metaverse just like everybody else, right? But I feel like this is something super special. If you could give us a little bit of the insight as to what they've been doing, Ace Pilot and Jiminy, they're putting in work. They, get, they gave us a sneak peek into what they've built already. And oh my gosh, it's like a work of art. But this is just the beginning. Give us a little bit of the details behind of what they're actually building. To backtrack just a little bit, you made mention of Somniacs earlier. 
he has been an integral part of the team since the very beginning. And for him, you know, it's not just about lore. It's not just about the storytelling. He is, um, you know, his, his history, you know, something that he's been involved in a long time is D&D and being a dungeon master. So he's honed this skill of storytelling. But aside from that, what people may not realize is he's also uh, a contributor in many other ways in terms of building the map for us. You know, he, he's built yes. out this, this massive world that people uh, have only seen a sliver of to this point. And so in so doing, this team, you know, Jiminy and Ace Pilot, they then are taking that map. And in the Minecraft world, in NFT worlds, that we're all going to be able to enjoy as soon as next week, they're taking that yes. map and they're bringing it to life in 3D. They're breathing life into it. And we're going to get to enjoy these stories that are being told through Yeti Goose and Somniacs. We're going to get to enjoy those together in the metaverse to, as we act out and, and go through uh, the story, you know, together in, in the metaverse. So it's going to be incredible. I, I can't wait for that aspect of it because up until this point, it's been a very 2D experience, right? We've done live quests. Yeah. They're text-based. I mean, it kind of, it's likened back to like the Oregon Trail sort of a uh, experience, <laughs> right. right? But it's still yeah. fun. You know what I mean? Very engaging. Um, I feel like we've done a good job of uh, continuing to engage people even in a text prompt-based way. And, you know, and that, you know, extends also out to our 1v1 battles. I mean, guys, they're gift battles. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're not, it's, this is not highbrow stuff. This is how we've been engaging with each other. And we've had so much fun. Can you imagine yeah. now when we finally get to pair all of the, 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 uh, the value of what we were doing in this very flat uh, experience in Discord, which again, super fun. But can you imagine pairing that with the visuals of going into the metaverse? It's going to be mm. crazy. It's going to be absolutely mind-blowing. When we did that little sneak peek into the world uh, that Jiminy and Ace Pilot were creating, I asked a question. The answer just blew my mind. I said, you know, selfishly, because I am now a king in the kingdom, I said, so if you're going to build out the realms, does that mean you're going to build a castle for each of the kings? And the answer was yes. We talk about ownership all the time when it comes to NFTs and metaverses and people are buying land. But just the fact that someone is a king and they have their own castle that's being built. And it's it's not it's not like some 2D weird castle. It's an actual handcrafted castle that's being built by these great architect minds in ace pilot and jiminy and i i don't know if people really fathom how big that is and how much of a selling point that is for folks that were on the fence about buying a king but now you're going to have property in this world what does that mean to you again it it's so much more than i even dreamed and imagined and i and that's and that's um a big part of who i am like i said i'm a dreamer so for them to exceed my expectations and what they're bringing to the table I don't even have the words for it. It's, it's, it's an amazing, it's, it's beyond amazing, right? Um, <laughs> and what you may not have even understood by that conversation, or maybe you did catch it, I'm not sure, but not only are kings going to get castles, there are going to be battlegrounds in that realm that are unique 
in design and form and function for that particular realm. So not only is the king going to get his own unique castle and they will all look different, but he's also going to get a 1v1 battleground in his realm that's very unique to that realm. And Crazy. the design of that realm is going to be unique. I mean, it's, it's to, to even be a holder of a dwarf in one of the 13 realms is going to be very special. You're mm -hmm. going to feel like you own your part of something. Like I said, that's set apart from all the other um, parts of this map and parts of these realms. Um, and not just that. The Underlords and Dark Lords are having a very interesting conversation with these two builders right now about them having space. So if you right. could, you know, if you, you've used your imagination a little bit there and you know the lore, <laughs> you know that they live, they've been trapped underground, um, mm -hmm. you know, as the story goes in the history of the Kingdom of Dwarves, forever trapped in the mines, right? And that's the Dark yeah. Dwarf. So they're going to have their own space. And can you imagine the battles that happen between, you know, the dark dwarves and the and the and the uh, king's guards. I mean, this is just season two. Imagine what's to come. I mean, we've got the rest of the map to fill out. It's all going to be different and unique. It's going to be. I mean, it's just going to be out of control. Out of control. I've never played Minecraft in my life. I just bought it today. I poked around. I'm trying to get you know an understanding of the controls. But I know we're going to jump into this metaverse this week. So I am now ready. Obviously, there's a lot still going on with season two. I heard a little bit of uh, a rumor that there is an additional weapon. I don't know if you want to give us a little bit of a sneak peek as to what that could be, uh, but uh, would love to hear what else is in store for season two. And if you can tell us a little bit about season three. Sure. Why don't we do that? Before I do, I want to go backtrack just a little bit to the metaverse and touch, touch on one last thing. Uh, that's sure. very unique and special to me. So I have a son. Uh, he's five years old, and he actually has played Minecraft a bit. Some aspects of it are kind of scary for him because he's still pretty young, but he really loves the game. And this idea, this concept that um, you know, I've been telling him about this world that's being built, and just the prospect of being able to hang out with my five-year-old son and interact in this world that's built based on the project that we started. You should see his li eyes light up when he talks about it. And, and my eyes are lighting up when I'm talking about it. I'm going to get to hang out with my son as a dwarf in this world that's built. We're going to get to have our own adventures. I mean, that's, it, it, that's bringing so much um, joy to me, um, you know, in this past week that I've even learned that this is happening. Right. Um, they've right. been working so hard. I didn't even know. And so now, again, to your point, I'm beyond surprised. I'm beyond amazed at this, this project and the, and the legs that it's grown and, and standing on its own based purely on the passion from people in the community. Now, you asked about, you know, a, a, a few different things kind of um, alluding to season three, um, what's coming up. You asked about weapons and things like that. And I can share a few things with you. So something we have that is going to be available to our community very shortly, the devs have been working tirelessly on, you know, is our armory. Mm. Before that rolls out, though, you've seen the uh, Dire Forge blade that was given out on occasion up until this point. Every season, there is going to be a weapon rep representative of that season. 
it wasn't one that was actually that you could mint, but it's something that's in the theme of that season. That will be available to those who have access to the armory to choose. Um, before that rolls out, you were going to start awarding season two themed weapons. And that's going to happen as soon as next week. You're going to get a sneak peek at that probably in Discord in the next few days. But that will be awarded to a community member who earned it. It was, cho- it was chosen. And it's mm-hmm. really cool. You're going to love it. I'll give you a hint. Ooh. It has to do with some sort of an animal skull. Mm. And that's as far as I'll go. But it's, oh, it's, man. it's, 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 it's tasty. It's really cool. Um, we make the coolest weapons, so I know it's going to be awesome. Yeah, it's really, <laughs> really, really cool. So I'm excited that that's going to roll out. Again, we're trying to implement things before larger systems are in place that will be automated. Um, right. So we still want to be able to bring that to our community now um, so that they get to experience it, even if it's something we do manually for the current you know, state of affairs. Um, so that's that's coming uh season three is going to be amazing so you know we've got the king's guards we've got the we've got the dark dwarves and um i've been dropping i've been doing live painting uh sessions in the great hall where people have gotten a sneak peek already at you know and guessing at what the theme might be because i'm painting skins as you know as we speak um right and i could say this (laughs) You know, the storyline is happening right now where we've got this battle ongoing between the Dark Dwarves and the King's Guards. At some point, someone's going to need help. Mm. And when they need help, they're going to have to go on a mission somewhere to get help from the third season dwarves. Ooh. And what's going to be really unique about this this transition and the way that we're telling this story is that for the first time, we're going to get to engage in the story in the metaverse to lead up to the reveal of the season three dwarves and the theme. We're going to get to do that in the metaverse together. We've got a whole gamification plan in store um, over the next few weeks and how that's going to roll out. And, and it's going to be very engaging. So I'm excited for the community, this new way, again, just there's all these new ways that are keep happening of story, you know, the way we're able to tell stories. And this is going to be the first time with our community, we're able to tell it um, using the metaverse as uh, the new format. All right. I, you know, I'm already excited. I'm excited for all the seasons, but that just gives me even more of a reason to be excited for the season. One thing that we have to talk about real quick, because we always talk about the creative side on this podcast. We start with the story and then we get into a little bit of the creative. And in order to do that, we have to bring creative people on. We have somebody that's coming up really soon. You made the introduction happen, but Jeremy Crawford is going to be on the podcast very soon. Could you let everyone know just who Jeremy is? So if any of you have seen the TV show The Witcher, Jeremy is the head of the faction of dwarves in the TV show The Witcher. I mean, he's an amazing actor. He's incredible. Mm -hmm. You know, the fact that uh, we have an opportunity uh, to partner with him um, and bring him onto the project so that he can experience, you know, what everyone else has been experiencing and then bring his unique abilities to this project 
it, it's going to be amazing. I can't wait to get him plugged in. And, you know, I won't go into too much about exactly uh, the way that we're going to work together, but I can say yep. that we're formulating all kinds of cool ideas. Um, Jeremy's an incredible talent. Obviously, he's been cast for some great roles, but this is, this is, uh, this is a unique experience to get to work with someone who's so talented in, uh, in the, you know, in the acting world. He's going to bring a, a whole nother level to this project especially in terms of the fact that, you know, and you know this, but one of our big lofty goals, which we're, we're, we're making huge strides towards is Kingdom of Dwarves as a TV show, right? Yes. And so, you know, with the bringing on board of someone as talented as Jeremy and making that part of our story, you know, this, this, this NFT project story, we're one step closer to making the TV show aspect of this project a reality. What started out as dreams, you know, lofty goals, passions are becoming true. And I, and I heard it said recently, someone was saying to someone else I know who, who's a multimillionaire was saying, hey, you know, you're so lucky. It seems like everything you, you do turns to gold. I mean, you, you just keep getting so lucky. It's, it's incredible. You have so much favor, you know, it makes me, you know, kind of sick to be around you because you just keep getting so lucky. And that person's response was, you know, I find it funny that the harder that I work, the luckier I get. (laughs) So true. And and that resonated with me because this team, that's what they're doing. That's what this community Mm -hmm. is doing. Everyone is working so hard. And whereas you may say, oh, you guys are getting so lucky. You're, You're having all of these great things. You're getting, you know, you've got to, a professional MMA fighter who very soon will be a UFC fighter. Um, <laughs> yep. You've got, you've got talent coming in where, you know, they're, they're famous actors who are, are incredible at what they do and they're, they're seeing value in the project and they want to be a part of what we're doing. Um, you, you have a variety of notable, you have an amazing uh, fantasy writer who has come onto the project, become part of the team. Um, you've got mm-hmm. an amazing D and D storyteller who's become part of the team. You've got an amazing world building, a couple of guys who have become part of the team to realize the metaverse. Everyone is working so hard, and that is why this project is continuing to move forward towards its goals, right? Everyone is so good at what they do, but being good at what you do is not going to get you there, right? Um, mm-hmm. uh, Rob Fox, in the previous episode, was talking about that tenacity know that drive you got to put in the time you got to put in the effort you know and we took that to heart that's something we've been doing before but we kicked it up a notch after being encouraged by rob that that's what you have to do that's how you're going to get there and i fully believe 120 percent that we're going to get there join the community of course we're going to drop the discord into the show notes below and you can join folks like curious harsh and juggernado those were two people that took the test and they scored the highest they got second and third obviously bernard aka the dark lord got first he got a perfect score but you have to come check it out I know there's a lot of fear, especially for folks that aren't used to Discord, that aren't used to the, the NFT community, and they might have heard horror stories about Discords being toxic or unwelcoming. If you are curious about community, if you're curious about being a part of a, a cadre of creatives, 
please check out the Discord. Say hi. Tell us that you heard about this on the podcast, and you will be pleasantly surprised about how great the community is. Evan, what is the final thought that you would want to leave everybody before we get into season three, season four, season five, all the way through the eighth season of this project? What is that final thing that you would like to tell everybody? For me, I would say the the, the final thought that I would leave everyone with is when it comes to this project, when it comes to your own projects, you need to learn how to dream big, right? A lot of times we're afraid of failure. You try something, maybe once you tried something in your life and it, and it didn't work out for you, you failed. I can't tell you how many times that's happened to me. Failure, tried a project here, threw some spaghetti against the wall, it didn't stick. I've tried this, I've tried that, and I've tried the other. And I think most people get discouraged by that and they never try again. What I would say to anyone listening who's, who's you know, listening to this podcast for the first time or you've been a part of our project for a long time, whoever you are, you're going to have to at some point be okay with failure. Because... If you're not okay with failure, then you're never going to continue to move forward and try new things and try starting projects like Kingdom of Dwarves, where we had no idea that it was going to turn into something this monumental. We had no clue. And we could have very easily have failed. There are projects, thousands of projects that fail every week on Mm -hmm. every blockchain. Um, But this one didn't. It's moving forward at an incredible pace. It's, it's gaining momentum. And um, if I had take my, taken my previous experiences in business, in my career, um, in life, if I had taken those experiences and said, you know what, everything I've tried up until this point hasn't worked. And hasn't, I just feel like nothing is going to work out for me. Um, I would have never accepted this um, offer from this great group of developers uh, who wanted to start something of our own. I would have never done it. Um, yeah. And so just an encouraging word to anyone out there who's looking to start something new, start a new project, do it and don't be afraid of failing. Love it. That is perfect advice. I got to say thank you. Thank you for cultivating this community. Thanks for the entire project team for cultivating this community. Really, it's, it's one of the best parts of my day, to be honest with you. And I really, I, to, to be cliche in the world of NFTs, we are shooting to the moon for sure. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in, listening to our story. Again, take the time. Come hang out in our Discord. Say hello. We'd love to meet you. And with that, we will see everyone next time.